I want to read for you this text. You can follow along. We're going to read the uh, first eight verses of this passage of Scripture that we'll be using for a text this evening. You're looking at the Word of God tonight as I bring a message entitled, How to Face the Future. How to Face the Future. Certainly fitting after our time of prayer and the things that we have seen in the last 24 hours. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 through 8. And Moses went, and he spake these words unto Israel, and he said unto them, I'm a hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord saith unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua He shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Shion and to Og, king of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He'll be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I'll tell you what, after the sad events of yesterday, and let me just say how disappointed I was that anybody would allow a situation to digress to a point of violence that is never accepted or okay under any circumstance, no matter who, who is doing it, is, is not Right, But as a nation, I look today and I think today things look as bleak maybe as they ever have. The uncertainty is mounting and it seems as though the division in our country is, is growing by the day. It just seems like it's getting worse and worse. And the opposition to Christianity is getting more and more prevalent Not even just Christianity, but the opposition to even basic moral convictions of any kind, just basic morality. It's amazing how if you have any type of moral uh, stand that you're laughed at or mocked or made fun of, yet it's perfectly okay to dress up, what is this this show on... uh, on Netflix with these, these little 11, 12-year-old girls that they're having dress up in these halters and, and bikinis and, and dance before, before the whole nation. This, it, this is okay. But, but, but for you to have any type of stand is, is, is wrong. And as Christians, I don't know, you're probably much more spiritual than I am. But I have to say, sometimes I feel like I, maybe I ought to just go get a cabin in the woods. 
and, and hide out, you know? Like, I ought to just go find a way somewhere, way out in the middle of nowhere in Montana or something where I'm hundreds of miles from anybody and just park and, and just raise my kids and shelter in place and just, just the world seems so chaotic and crazy. And it just, I just look at that and, I, and sometimes I, I, I wonder, you know, what, what, what could we or what should we do? And listen, let me just serve notice tonight that things aren't going to get better tomorrow. And by the way, it wouldn't have matter who president is, things wouldn't be better tomorrow. We are still a nation full of sinful people, run and led by sinful people. And I'm going to tell you something, Satan is still doing all he can to disrupt and destroy anything that he can before the Lord comes back. You see, Satan knows that he's on borrowed time. He knows the end is near and Satan's given it one last push. He's, he's running extra hard for that last mile because he knows his time's almost up. Because the Lord's coming soon. Even so, come quickly. Amen. But as, as Satan knows that that time draweth nigh, he's doubling down and, and, and working even harder to try and do all that he can to disrupt the cause of Christ and keep as many souls out of heaven and in hell as he can. And that's against the church. And I'll tell you what, sometimes for the Christian, we wonder about how can we face tomorrow. Well, I want to give you a couple of thoughts tonight from this text that I hope the Word of God could be used to strengthen and encourage you in how to face the future. First of all, beloved, I want to encourage you tonight that we can face the future with confidence in God. We can face the future with confidence in God. In Deuteronomy 31, verse number 1, it says, And Moses went, and he spake these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I'm a hundred and twenty years old. You know what? You deal with a lot of issues when you get older, don't you? I mean, you have just, things aren't as easy as they used to be. The aches and pains are a lot more prevalent than they used to be. I mean, sometimes things that used to, you used to be able to do real quick, they take twice as long. And that's so frustrating. Many times as you get older, you lose a little bit of your confidence. Now, I don't know what that's like, but Joe, what's that like? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you lose a little bit of that, that assuredness. And listen, I, I love my dad to death, and I, I don't think he'd mind me. Maybe he will, but I'm doing it anyway. I mean, my dad, you know, he was always so confident, and so he, he could look at any problem, and he could tackle it, and he could see the problem from the front to the back, and he knew exactly what to do. But now, sometimes, like even when he's working on things that he's done a hundred times, he does them out of order. And he'll get all the way to the end, and he'll realize, oh, man, I was supposed to put that in before I put these in. Now I've got to take all these out and put that in, and he knows that stuff, but just something with age, your mind and things don't quite work exactly like they used to. Amen? But listen, beloved, we can have confidence in God. Because our confidence is not in us. Our confidence is not supposed to be in this old flesh. Our confidence is supposed to be in God. All through this text, you, if you read it again, you'll see how it says, God will, the Lord will, God will, the Lord will. And it's God that's going to do it, not you or I. We can have confidence in God's prudence. 
God's prudence. That is his wisdom. God knows what's going on. Nothing has taken him by surprise. God knows exactly where you're at and what your needs are and what problems you're going to face tomorrow. You can trust God's wisdom. No matter what else is happening in this world, you can know and have confidence in the wisdom of God. You can trust him. You don't have to ask or wonder or think, is it going to work out? Because God knows what's going on. God has wisdom. God knows how to do it. I mean, you think about it. As they went into the promised land, God told them exactly where to go. He told them exactly when to cross that Jordan River, and he told them to go up to Jericho. You remember? I mean, can you imagine walking up to Jericho? How are we going to defeat this city? They need God's wisdom. And maybe you're facing some problem or some struggle or some trial in your life, and and, and you look at it and you say, I I can't see over it, and I can't see around it, and I don't know what to do. Listen, have confidence in God's wisdom. God knows what's to do, and you need to pray every day, Lord, give me wisdom. Hey, they have not because they ask not. And if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God that giveth to all men. God gives wisdom if we would ask Him. You can have confidence in that wisdom from God. I think often about raising my children and how much I need wisdom for that. I mean, when my kids were little, I thought I was a great dad. I thought I was the best parent, you know. I I had this parenting thing down. And then I had two kids, (laughs) three kids, four kids. And I mean, I threw my hands up and said, God, I can't do this. They're all at different stages and they all have different needs and every one of them is, is fighting a different struggle. This one's dealing with, with lying and this one's dealing with stealing and this one's dealing with laziness and this one's dealing with, you know, the, each one of them different things that they're struggling with. As a parent, you're like, Lord, how can I help them all? You need God's wisdom. And God can and will give you wisdom with whatever it is you're facing or dealing with in your life. You can trust God in God's protection. He said, and the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Shion and unto Og, the king of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. They were going into the promised land and there was giants in the land. Hey, you could trust God's protection. Whatever else happens, you know that God can and will protect you. You know, Moses was a great leader, but he wasn't God. Moses had to go to the people and he, he had to tell them, listen, God told me that I, I can't go out or come in. He's told me I'm not going to go over with you. Joshua's going to go. And you know, sometimes people get their mind, their eye on some leader. I can imagine there were some Israelites there that are, that are like us. They were, they were looking at, at Moses and saying, Oh, no, Moses isn't here. What are we going to do? We can't go into the promised land. There's no Moses. Oh, no, we can't. And Moses said, Hey, God's going with you. God's still leading this thing. God still knows what's going on. You're going to go with Joshua. Joshua's going to go. But it's not about Joshua either. It's about God. It's about God. You can protect, you can can trust in God's protection. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe.
You can trust God's protection. You can have confidence in God's performance. Verse number 6, he says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He's not going to fail thee. You can have confidence in the performance of God. God hasn't failed anybody yet, and he's not going to start tomorrow. He's not going to fail you either. You can trust God's performance. He told them, hey, like he did uh, there to Shion, like he did to Og, when, when, when you had seen some victory in the past, and if you've been a Christian for very long at all, you've seen God do some things for you in the past. Amen? Just like he did some things in the past for you, he can do it again. Sometimes we get into a new storm and we forget about the storm that God delivered us out of. We're sitting there, you know, wringing our hands again and and thinking, what are we going to do? And God's saying, come on now. I just brought you through that other thing. I just carried you through that and delivered you. I just answered that prayer. Just as God did God's performance. Hey, he hasn't failed anybody yet. You know, there's... Some days when you and I, we, we have a good day. I mean, we're firing on all cylinders. We're cooking with gas. We're getting her done. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're like, we're just, we get to the end of the day. It's like, man, I, I was getting it done today. I was fire. Everything was clicking. It was happening. Yeah, but those days are getting fewer and fewer between now, right? They're getting longer. I mean, it, sadly, that's the case. But listen, God's always firing on all cylinders. He's on on top of it every day. He's on top of it every time in every situation. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident, confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Whatever God wants you to do, whatever path you started down, God is going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can have confidence in his performance. Hey, Just rely on him. He'll see you through. Yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin. Each victory will help you. Some other to win. Fight manfully onward. Dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus. He'll carry you through. Just ask the Savior to help you. To comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. To comfort, strengthen, and heal you. Oh, He is willing to aid you. Jesus will carry you through. Shun evil companions, bad language disdain. God's name, hold in reverence, don't take it in vain. Be thoughtful and honest, kind-hearted and true. Look ever to Jesus because He will carry you through. He'll carry you through, Christian. You can have confidence in His performance to do it. Whatever the case I've told you this story before, but it is so fitting for, for right now in this. And when my brothers and dad and I were climbing the Grand Tetons and we reached that one point in our descent where we had about a 160 foot cliff that we had to go off. And the winds were so strong, it was, it was blowing the rope back up the mountain and we couldn't put uh, the belay rope down. And uh, the guide says, we're going to have to tie somebody off and you're going to have to take the rope down which means you only have one tie point. Everything when you climb is supposed to be done in redundancy. You're supposed to have two in case one fails, always. That's the thing. So the rest of everybody coming off the mountain would have the rope I was on. They would be controlling themselves, 
and then the guide would have them. They would have a second one just in case. I didn't have two. I just had one, and he told me, he says, I want you to, he tied it off. He says, I want you to back over the edge of the cliff. I stood there on the edge of the cliff, and I almost told this guide, I said, I'm going to back over this cliff, but I want you to give the other end of that rope to my dad. In my mind, I said that, and I looked at him, and I says, how, how, can you hold me? You see, my thought was that my dad, he would go off that mountain before he let go of the rope. I mean, there's no way my dad would let me fall. And here was this little guide, and he was not that big. And I'm thinking, something goes sideways, he's just going to let me go. <laughs> he don't know me, you know. But, but he had a device there, and he showed me, he says, go ahead and lean back. And he could control my weight with two fingers. In this device, he could stop me. He said, I can, I can hold you up with that much strength, so you're, you're safe. And he gave me that confidence. But listen, I, 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 if he hadn't had that device, I would have said, you know what, I want my father on the other end of that rope, and I'll, I'll do it. When, when you know who has the other end of the rope, you can make it through. Christian, we can have confidence in God. We can face the future because... We have confidence in God. I want you to know we face the future with commitment to God. As they began to march across that river, they couldn't have just decided, oh, wait, we're just going to stop here. This is far enough. No, they had a commitment to go and to conquer the land that God had given to them. Are you committed to God? When I was in college, I changed my commitment from wanting to make money to wanting to serve and live for myself to desiring to serve God. And I told God, Lord, Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. No, let me rephrase that. I told told God, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I want to do. Lord, I want to be used by you. And wherever you lead, wherever you point me, whatever direction you have, Lord, if you let me be used by you, anybody can go make money. Anybody can go work at a store. Anybody can do these other things. But Lord, if you're willing to use me, I want to be used. And I committed my will and my life to Jesus Christ. And now 21 years later, I have no regrets. I have no regrets. God has been better to me than I deserve. He's blessed me beyond measure. Matter of fact, I'm a little self-conscious and most of the time embarrassed about driving that new vehicle that's sitting out there. I just feel like I don't deserve this and feel like, man, look how good God's been to me. And, you know, people see it and I feel like I have to offer some kind of an explanation how how God did it. The fact is, God's just good. God's just good. We need some people, some young people, some men, some women. We need all Christians to be committed, committed to God. We can face the future with confidence in God, but we need to face it with a commitment to God, to whatever God commits your way unto the Lord. Now, Sunday night, I'm going to preach on the way of the Lord. I'm not going to spend any time here, but hey, Psalms 37.5 says, Commit the way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. How committed are you to what God wants you to do, to your life, to the church, to your faith, Man, we live in a day today when people aren't committed to anything. 
I mean, they're interested and they'll get started. But there's not a commitment there. We've got parents that are shirking their commitment to their children. Husbands and wives that just decide, hey, we're, we're done. We're done. We're not, we're not committed to each other anymore. Christians who called a church a place of worship, their church home and their church family and said they were committed, just, oh, we're just going to go find a different one. There's lots of choices. We can just, we can just locate some, some other place to worship. Does it matter to you, friend? To be committed, committed to God. Find a way through with the power of God and with the grace of God. Listen, when Mary and I said, I do, there's never once any, any small inkling that we would be separated before death. And you know what? When you don't let that little thing come into your mind, basically you say, I've got to live with this person the rest of my life. I better be nice. <laughs> I better find a way to do it. I better find a way through. I better, you know, we're going to work this out because there's no other option. Amen? When you're committed like that, you find a way. We can face the future with cheerfulness of God. Proverbs fifteen thirteen says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Listen, Christian, whatever's going on in the world, you and I, we should have the joy of the Lord. We should have the joy of the Lord, and we shouldn't let these things tear away or destroy that joy because we are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. We know who's in control, and ultimately, God knows. No matter how bad it looks, no matter how bleak the day gets, I should have the joy of the Lord. Lester Roloff, in the middle of his battle in court and having spent time in jail, somebody asked him, Brother Roloff, how's it going? How does your future look? And he, says, he said with a smile on his face, Brother, my future looks as bright as the promises of God. Regardless of what happens, your and my future look as bright as the promises of God. We can face the future with cheerfulness. Hey, people that are down in the dumps and discouraged, they pull you down. They pull you down. They discourage you. But someone that's on the top, they're just a joy to be around. Someone that's happy, someone that's on the top, no matter what's going on. That's why I like talking to Dr. Keller. No matter what, he, you know he's facing stuff. You know his body is not what it used to be, and he's struggling and dealing with some issues. But, oh, he does never tell you about those. You talk to him, and it's about how good God is and how blessed he is and how things are working out. And, and man, it's great to be in God's house. And with a smile on his face, I'm just thrilled to be here. I mean, he always has something positive to say. Well, we ought to be like him. We ought to have the joy of the Lord, and it should be coming through. The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Well, Christian, you and I ought to be a good dose of medicine for whoever we get around. We ought to be that dose of medicine, a merry heart. And, and listen, you know I'm preaching it myself. You know I'm preaching it myself because you know Mary's the positive one. <laughs> I'm the one that struggles. I'm the one that gets a little down and a little discouraged. And I got to get around Mary to help encourage me. We ought to have the joy of the Lord and let that come through and let people see we're on, we're on the winning side because God is still in control and He's still on the throne. 
We just read it a couple days ago in Isaiah 61 and verse number 10. He said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Listen to this. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with the ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. Just think about that, beloved. We've been given salvation and a righteousness from Christ that's not our own. Hey, we can have a smile on our face no matter what else happens. God doesn't want you and I living a life of discouragement. We ought to be encouraging the people we get around. You know, one of the things that you, you, you read about as you read our missionary letters, month after month after month, you read these missionary letters, and one of the things missionaries need is they need encouragement. They need encouragement out there on the field where Maybe they don't have a strong church family. They're dealing with all young Christians and, and people just coming to Christ and carrying a lot of baggage and things they got to deal with. And missionary wife doesn't have anybody to confide in and, and, and the struggles that they face. And, you, and a lot of missionaries, they don't say those things, but you see that between the lines there. They need encouragement. We need to be encouraging them. But the missionaries aren't the only ones that need encouragement. Sometimes I wonder if we could keep more missionaries on the field if we just had some people encouraging them. But sometimes I wonder if we could keep more people in church if we just had some Christians encouraging them. Just encouraging them. Have you encouraged anybody lately? Now let me just say, one of the, one of the greatest things you can do to encourage yourself is to encourage someone else. Have you ever gone to be an encouragement to somebody and you walked away encouraged? You went over there to try and cheer somebody up and you left cheered up? You know, the, the, the problem is sometimes, and this, this is very prevalent today, people that always want, people that, that, you know, somebody that always needs to be encouraged, it doesn't matter what you do, it's never enough. You see, if you're somebody like that, that you always need encouraged, you always need somebody else to encourage you, listen, let me, encourage, let me tell you to encourage yourself in the Lord and go encourage somebody else, and that'll help you. That'll help you. You've got to the point where, where you're just sucking off other people, and you, 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 you can't ever get up off the bottom unless somebody else in the church does it for you. You need, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord and encourage somebody else. And that'll put you on top. That'll put you on top. Listen, we can face the future with cheer, the cheer of God. Lastly, tonight, we face the, fu- the future with courage, courage from God. No matter what comes, verse number six, he's be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. Verse number 7, he says, And Moses called unto Joshua, and he said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. We can face the future with courage. Aren't you glad that we can have courage tonight? Not because we have confidence in ourselves, but we have confidence in God. 
And regardless of whatever happens, I know the world is, it, it seems like they are so down on churches and so against the things of Christ. And sometimes, as I said, when we start, started the message, we feel like we just want to crawl in a hole and, and hide out. But listen, we can face the world with courage because God is still on the throne. We can face the world with courage because He is the one that goes before us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Strong in the power of His might. Maybe something's happened to you recently. Maybe you found yourself discouraged because of something personally in your life, a struggle, a battle, a, a trial in your own life. Or maybe it's, it's just what happened in the country in the last 24 hours. But whatever it is, I want you to know as a Christian, we can face the future. We can face the future with confidence in God, with a commitment to God, with cheerfulness that's given to us by God and with courage from God. I hope tonight, Christian, you're ready to face the future with God who's going with you.